The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Pit Life Barbecue Podcast. Join us around the pit as we talk all things barbecue. Now here is your host, Johnny Mags. What's up, everybody? Coming to you live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe in Salem, New Hampshire. Welcome back to another episode of the Pit Life Barbecue Podcast. Welcome. What's up, Chrissy? Hey, Johnny. How we doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. I'm excited. I'm excited. This is going to be great. Sure is. So uh, why don't we just get right down to it? Oh, you want to? Let's. Ooh. Wait. I'm in. Just don't tell Mrs. Max. I say, wait a minute. What did we just? All right. Now I'm blushing. Now, <laughs> today's show brought to you by the number one best tasting shake on the planet, Uncle Steve's Shake. Uncle Steve's Shake is handmade, hand measured, hand mixed, and hand packaged. Uncle Steve's Shake is made with the finest of ingredients and comes in how many now? 15 amazing right. flavors, including the newest additions, the CJ's West Coast Shake, the Texas Cajun, and the brand new All-American SPG, which is no sugar, no MSG, vegan, and keto free. Friendly. So if you care about all those things, that's the one for you. That's the new All-American SPG Shake. Also, don't forget the uh, Uncle Steve's Sauce with No Name, my personal favorite. No matter what you're eating, Uncle Steve's Shake has, sorry, Uncle Steve has a shake for it. If you have any questions, Uncle Steve has great customer service to help you with all your shake needs. Go to UncleStevesShake.com to order your shakes today. Also on the website, you're going to find some awesome shake tips and recipes. You're going to be amazed at just how versatile these uh, shakes are folks. And while you're online, head on over to Facebook and join Uncle Steve's Shake Nation to stay up to date with all the latest creations made using Uncle Steve's Shake and maybe even share some of your own. It's time to step up your backyard barbecue people and your competition barbecue game with Uncle Steve's Shake. Shake some on everything. Today also brought to you by Two Guys Smoke Shop and TwoGuysCigars.com. Whether I'm barbecuing or not, I always keep the smoke rolling. Thanks to my friends at TwoGuysCigars.com. Today, today I am smoking the United Cigars Abuelo. Thanks to my friends at TwoGuysCigars.com. I get to smoke some of the best cigars in the world, and so can you. Just visit TwoGuysCigars.com for your perfect barbecue companion. That's the number two, GuysCigars.com. Today's show also brought to you by Magnus Chef Gloves. Whether you're the family grill master or a professional pit master, quality tools are going to make it easier for you to be your best on that grill. Longtime firefighter and founder of Magnus Chef, Al Infante knows a thing or two about fire management. He designed the Magnus Chef Gloves and the Freedom Barbecue Gloves for you to get in and out of fast. With the magnetic swivel plates, you can easily slip in and out of these gloves. They're going to keep your hands cool and allow you to cook and grill safely. No more st getting stuck in hot gloves. Depending on your glove preference, Magnus Chef offers two fantastic options. The first is the classic Magnus Chef Barbecue Glove, made of food-grade silicon, web-fit for firmer grip, dishwasher safe, one-size-fits-all, heat rated up to 500 degrees Fahrenheit, and comes in five awesome colors. And they also have their second option, the Freedom Barbecue Gloves, which has a more traditional five-finger flexible and pliable grip, a 14-inch long cuff to protect your forearms, made of heat-resistant neoprene, heat rated up to 932 degrees Fahrenheit. These gloves are going to help extend your time over that fire. Both styles of the MagnaChef gloves are great for barbecue and kitchen use. Head on over to MagnaChef.com today. That's M-A-G-N-E-Chef.com. 
www.fitnesscoach.com. Order yourself a pair of each today. And at the checkout, make sure you use the promo code FREEDOMLIVES for 10% off your order. Magnachef Gloves, Master the Fire, Freedom Barbecue Gloves. Take a stand, free your hand. Also brought to you by CustomCuttingBoardsRUs.com. Brother Ian Hemming is out of Magnolia, Texas, is creating what I call the Yeti of cutting boards. These boards take an absolute beating. Anything you can throw up, these boards can handle it from their dishwasher boards or your standard countertop board to the absolutely massive 18 by 36 inch brisket board. And for all the pizza lovers out there, he's got you covered too with the pizza board for that perfect even slice every time. Check them out at customcuttingboardsirus.com. The deep lip reservoir to catch all the au jus coming from the proteins you're cooking. The rubber nubs on the bottom, even on a wet surface, these boards will not slide on you. Uh, Multicolor colors available, engraving, personal engraving available. Check, like I said, check them out, customcuttingboardsrus.com. That's the letter R, us.com. Daddy Dutch, what's up? Matt Pereira, Chris Rosinski, Heidi, C-Mac, Tim Rogers, Andrew Simpson, what's up? Chapin, my man. What is good? Big Rome, what's happening? Heath, what's going on? I'm excited about today, so let's get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us from Midland, Texas, the owner and proprietor of Texas Oil Dust, Mr. Aaron Leslie. What's up, bitches? There it is. There it is. I was hoping. I was hoping. Daddy Dutch was oh, hoping, he, too. He goes, A.A. Ron. Dutch, boy. He was, he's the first time in there, boy. He don't fuck around. He gets in there. Oh, yeah. You know, first comment, A.A. Ron. What's up, bitches? A.A. Ron. What's up, bitches? Oh, Ryan Cooper, what's up? John Long. So, Aaron, thank you, man. Appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to me today. This is going to be good. I'm glad you you asked me, man. It's kind of cool. I've been kind of kind of an experience that I've been wanting to get on for a while. I just never got a phone call. Oh, it's been on the you've been on the list, man. Whenever (laughs) whenever see a little little gold nugget pop up, watching, it's like, oh no, shit. Okay, (laughs) Aaron's in there. Aaron's in there. All right, yeah, I come in. Let's get right into it. Um, how about, you know, everybody, who you are, how you got your start. Uh, you know, it's real interesting on the culinary side, you know, um, different different schooling and things. So uh, yeah. take it from there and we'll roll. You know, I, I've, I've always loved food. Um, you know, big boys, you know, the best way to a big man's heart is through his belly, right? So, um you know, mom and dad and, and my grandparents, you know, bad, they're just great cooks, Southern comfort food. Um, so, you know, I, I think kind of through my, through my growing up experience, we always had, you know, chocolate pies, coconut pies and chicken fried steak and turkeys and hams and things that just made us, you know, all of us guys just kind of just salivate over stuff. So when I was in high school, I wanted to, uh, I changed my career kind of setting wise to where I enjoyed food so much. I started cooking at the school, at the high school in the, in the, uh, I guess the home ec class, you know, and so they kind of opened up a, 
a deal. So instead of me sewing MC Hammer pants and making curtains and dishwash cloths and towels or whatever it is they were making, pillowcases or something, I was back in the back cooking up French cuisines one week and uh, American foods the next week and Italian. And I was doing different things all the time. Um, and then, uh, so I tried to go to culinary school out of, out of high school, but for a single mom, um, you know, culinary school is expensive. So I opted out of that and, and, uh, through a business class and I went to veterinary school for about three years. Um, but I never did stop the love for food. So I started probably doing barbecue with the family and rodeo events and stuff like that. Um, you know, through, uh, through my college years. And then when, as we, as we kind of moved on and, and over time, I just, I kind of just kept doing it in the backyard and I worked in the oil field for about 24 years. So we come home a days off. We kept the barbecue pits rolling, all the free food, and all the steaks and briskets and ribs. They were bringing us out in the oil field, you know, out in the, out to the drilling rigs. And, uh, we go home and I cook those up on my, on my week off and everybody knew was going to light the pit up and, uh, so I kind of advanced that a little bit further back in 2012, a catering job fell in my lap and I took it. Um, the company liked it so much. I was doing it. Mean, I went from, you know, probably one drilling rig, 30, 30 ribeyes a week to about 500 within about four weeks. I was doing 500 ribeyes and, um, just on site location cooking, you know, so that kind of spawned my oil dust. And, um, I've just been cooking ever since learning my craft, trying to treat it up, trying to, just trying to make it better, you know, trying to add that splash and that flavor and that little flair that everybody's looking for to make themselves stand out just a little bit more. So um, we've been cooking now since 2012 on the catering side. Um, we're at what we had 11 years, I guess, um, doing this. And then I've been full time restaurant since 2018. So um, always trying to perfect the craft at the same time, still compete and still push the oil dust and still push the, the, the company itself and getting our products out there. Um, Man, I just anything I do with cooking and, and competitions and, you know, it's it doesn't have to be barbecue. It can be burgers and seafood and soups. And I, I enjoy the whole timeline aspect of, of Fast and Furious. So that's kind of my uh, my life in a nutshell, seven days a week. That's what we do. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was um, listening to a couple of shows with you. And it was funny how you said you went from 20 ribeyes for the guys on the crew to within the month 500. Which, yeah. um, you know, what, what, what's the saying? Things are born out of necessity. And yeah, yeah, I mean, you do make things out of necessity. You have to have something. You don't want to afford to buy it. And that's where my old dust came from. Um, I was going to HEB, which will be the guard grocery stores here in Texas. I think I was buying two bottles a day. So your average price back then was probably 6 to $7, maybe 5 to $7 a bottle for a 12 or 14-ounce bottle. Uh, I think I was buying, I tried them all too, you know, I mean, I just buy a different one and we try it. So I was probably spending, you know, 12, $14 a day on state on seasonings for steaks. Um, and then about three months later, I was like, this is stupid. You know, why do I want to keep buying somebody else's seasoning when I can just make my own? Um, so we did some tweaking and kind of threw some stuff in a gallon pickle jar and shook it all up and, uh, took about three months, and the oil dust is what we come up with, and we've been using it on steaks and hush puppies, catfish, chicken fried steak, you name it. We've been using it all-purpose rub ever since then. Nice, nice. Judge, what's happening? Robert, what's going on? Ah, there's our boy, Aaron. Mr. Rob Arosha. 
Oh, shit. Oh, Robbie Dog. That's Shorty Shorts. Of the So Smoking Gooder Show. So Smoking Gooder Show. Nice. Thanks for tuning it's the in. Out there. Mad Max, what's happening? Tom and Tom and Bell Clark. What's happening, guys? Holy shit. Oh, we, we got some heavy hitters coming out for you, brother. Just, I mean, you're, you're naming some people off here. I'm thinking, damn, I thought we were just going to have a little four o'clock get together. <laughs> here we got, we got all kinds of folks on there. Oh, yeah. Look at that, Rob. Daddy Dutch beat you in the show, man. <laughs> He's always the first. He's always the first. Uh, well, well, we'll go with Daddy Dutch right now. Aaron, who is, who is Aaron's biggest competition and barbecue so i guess Me? i guess yourself i am i'm my biggest competition i will make and break myself faster than i can win and i can repeat it so you are your biggest competition and i don't have a, i don't have a competition ally like like so like you know you could use like rob for instance or or tom and bell clark you could you could say they are my competition but they're not my biggest competition my biggest competition is me um, I will buy, you can get inside your head so fast and screw up a cook faster than anybody on that location can. Oh, funny. You say that because I bit myself in the ass the other weekend. Whoa, <laughs> you know, forgot to, forgot to burp the coolers a little bit and they just kept on cooking. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> God damn it. Found a little, did they? Yeah. You, you know, know what I mean? Uh, you'll sit there and you'll be like, you know what? I, 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 yeah, I, I, this tastes good, but. Man, I just want a little bit more. I just want a little bit more. Next thing you know, you've added so much other shit to it that that you know that first place trophy went, went way out the window, and you're fifty five out of fifty six. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're your biggest competition, and and uh, I am my biggest competition. I tell everybody that there's not a restaurant in the restaurant side of things. You know, they're like, well, who's your biggest competition in town? Well, I am. You know, I'm my biggest competition. I'm, I'm all the time trying to make things better, but I can also make things worse. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. Mr. Clarence Joseph, what's up, brother? Holy shit, CJ's on here. Hell yeah, That's man. my man right there. He is He is one of my Mount Rushmores. If you were to go to Rob's show, uh, CJ is, CJ's got a got a special place in my heart. Yeah, CJ's great. I had uh, I had the opportunity to, to meet uh, CJ and Miss Alicia and a bunch of the Texas boys when I came down to pick up my pit in Austin last uh, last October. So it was it was. Great. It was awesome. Um, so you were talking with the school, you know, schooling and getting involved. Now, you're involved with some of the um, the high school competition teams, correct? That's right. That's right. What's so it we, we like? Love, I, I, man, I'm going to tell you. These kids, they just want to cook. <laughs> They're not some of so a lot of the kids that are doing the high school barbecue team are usually always in FFA. So not all kids are doing FFA, but I'm going to say probably 75 percent of the kids are probably doing FFA. So the, usually your ag teacher or your uh, maybe your shop teacher or something like that they might be doing the 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 uh, the teaching program of the of the high school kids. So. You know, a lot of these kids are trying to feed lambs. They're trying to show steers. But at the same time, they're getting up there at 630 in the morning. They're lighting the pits. They're practicing on a Wednesday. So I have one school here in Midland that I help out that practice on Wednesdays. So that team gets there at 630. They fire up four drums. They have nine drums. There's three teams. And so they fire up their their drums for how many kids show up. And then they will practice thighs. They'll practice half chicken. They'll practice uh, brisket, pork butt, whatever. 
And as, as those kids inject it, season it, throw it on the smoker, they leave and go to class. The kids that are off the first period come back in and they finish the process and wrap it. And the kids that on the second period, they come in. So they have a rotation schedule. And so the, each kid does a, you know, they finish something and that's how they practice their, their routines. Oh, and then some of my students, uh, they just have one day a, a week that they get together and they just cook in the afternoon after school. So everybody has their own set schedule, but these kids are just wanting to learn how to, uh, you know, how to trim a chicken or how to trim a brisket. They don't do a good job and, and, and they're not doing like a professional, very, very elite, very aerodynamic brisket. But it, it serves the purpose, and they still have a certain amount of time to cook it because you can't get their meats until six a.m. So you know they they can't take their meats and pre trim it. They have to do everything right there on site. Yeah. So the kids are just thirst for knowledge, and they want to pay attention. But they're they're kids. They still have life in the way. They've got Facebook and they've got Snapchat or whatever it is they do, and you know. So those guys are kind of constantly busy on social media, but they're also trying to learn and do the stuff in the class, and so. One of my one of my schools right now, both teams are qualified for the for the championships already, and then uh, the uh, the one here in town, they're they're working on their second one as well. So, uh, well, we should hopefully we should have both of them in the in the finals. You know, when it comes to uh, the end of the year. Nice, nice. El Jefe Smoke, what's happening, Corey Simpkins? What's up, Mister Leslie? Corby boy, <laughs> what he's a tough one when he gets out there and does it. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's got a good he's got a good uh he's got a good good recipe. He's got a good following there. Yeah. But it, it was very interesting when when you said that the biggest competitor is yourself. You, you can get in your head really quick. And you know, that that's probably the that's probably the best answer I've ever gotten off of that one. So, you know, that that's great. And back to the kids. Where the hell was all this stuff when we were going up? You know, I, I would have loved it because I would not. I I can't say that. I would have still been drinking beer. I still would have been driving without a license. I still would have done all those things. But if if you'd have had something like that when we were younger, I think the thing, the decisions and choices that we made, you know, we might not have gotten us as much trouble. Yeah. You know, I mean, because it would have been it would have been fun to do um, if you were in that kind of environment already. So yeah, I, I wish they would have had that. Uh, growing up, it would have made my life a little bit more fun because uh, of me trying to cook at school. I would have had a barbecue team to go to instead. Yeah, hundred percent. You know the old. You know if I knew that now, if I knew then what I know now, you know it would have been. Yeah. You know, did you know I got into the barbecue game later? You know, but would I have if it was available? Would I have got into it? I don't know. You know, well, I'd like was to barbecue think yeah. that that big of a deal back then. I mean, I was in school thirty years ago. I graduated ninety five, so almost thirty. So I mean, if you were, if was barbecue a big thing back then? I, I don't know because yeah. I didn't follow. I mean, I was a kid. I didn't follow barbecue back. Then. I know it was going on. You know, trig was hot, and and uh, you know the waves were going on. This is Texas, guys. I mean, a lot of people were doing it, but I mean, was barbecue a big enough sport back then that the high school kids would have had a good time doing it? Yeah. You know, it, it it wasn't. It surely wasn't up up here in the Northeast. You know, it was it was you know, hell. Half the people still consider burgers and dogs barbecue. You know, um, <laughs> little do they know. But when did the competition aspect come into everything? Uh, you know, I I was I was a. I think I was a company man on a drilling rig back then. And my brother-in-law said, Hey, uh, 
my wife and them were in town. They said, we're at the this barbecue competition here in town. It's a Lone Star for us, one of the alphabet logos. But the uh, so I went by there. My brother said, hey, man, we got done. And, and uh, man, I won. I got first place chicken. Got $1,000 first place chicken. I was like, they paid you a thousand dollars and you got a first place chicken. I said, dang, that's good money. He goes, oh man, it doesn't always happen. So fast forward two or three months, it's hotter than hell out here. We're doing our thing. And then he goes and gets a first place rib and he's like 800 bucks. And I was like, man, so you only see a number, right? You see a, a piece of meat, one half chicken and or ribs. And you see this number, it's $800 here, a thousand there. So that's pretty cool. He goes, you want to build a pit and, and uh, come cook with us. So I only had a week off. I worked two weeks on, 14 days on, seven days off. And so I went to, I just built a shop and I put me a pit together. And um, so I decked it all out, got all nice and stuff. For the family in 13, we would just get together once or twice a year and the whole family would come out to a cook-off and we would just cook. I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I was adjusting the damper on the firebox. I was cranking the smokestack and I was looking at the gauge and it was getting five degrees, but I'm adjusting something all night long. I did this and I just wearing myself out, but I had no idea what I was doing because that's what I see everybody else rolling with. So um, you fast forward a little bit to where we did one or two a year, the family get together. It was a great time, concerts, that kind of stuff, just little small cook-offs. It, it wasn't nothing special. So in, in 15, I was kind of like, you know, this is kind of fun, so I'd like to do it for you. And there was a few more in Midland, my hometown here. And uh, so I probably did like eight in 15 on my weekends off. Um, and, and the price of oil was down, so it wasn't like we could really afford, you know, to do a whole lot. But I made good money, so we would travel out of town. we go do one here, go on a family vacation, do a competition. So, And I told my wife in, in probably the probably the last part of 15 I said this is pretty expensive we're spending a thousand fifteen hundred dollars every weekend to go with the family and uh, you know drag the kids around I said so if I want to do this I better get serious about it I'm gonna find a class or something something can kind of give me a heads up and I took a little DVD class online and uh matter of fact I took Cosmo's DVD class he had a four DVD set for 9999 and uh I bought it I bought all the stuff to go with it and I just listened to it. I had my laptop in my truck and I got my first reserve grand that following weekend by watching those DVDs and just gave me an idea of well, when to wrap, how to wrap, what to put in a wrap, you know, and season and brines and injections. And I was like, man, this is crazy. So over time it paid off, you know, it paid itself off. And I got hooked in 16 when I started getting those reserves and those grands and then, you know, getting those top finishes. So, um, 2015 was a fun year because I was just doing stuff with the family, but 16, we got serious about it. Nice. Nice. Now, you know, I'm following you, you know, for a while on social media and every weekend, you know, there's pictures of that from the, from whatever cook off. And, you know, there's quite a bit of hardware getting brought up. What's your, what is your favorite win or which, which grand championship, or even not even necessarily a grand championship. Which competition or, or win is closest to your heart? If you could pick one. Man, you know, if you can just pick one. Let's see. I'll tell you, I want to cook off here in town. This is just one that stands out because it was a unique trophy for me. And um, but the uh I won I won this, it was 78 teams. It was my first state championship to ever win. Um uh, and so it was here in town. It was a uh, uh, cancer cook-off uh, we had here. And 
that was my first major GC. And the rest of them were, you know, the other other ones before that were, you know, 25, 30 teams. It was kind of like, you know, smaller, the smaller cook-offs. They were qualified and stuff. But this one here was 78 teams. And, I mean, it was full of the West Texas heavy hitters. I mean, like those guys that have been the – have won World Food Championships, the guys that were like, you know, kicking ass all over the place, KCBS, you know, Texas barbecue. And so I got that one – I got that one win. Um, and so – they gave me the declaration. So when you get a state championship, you get the declaration, the paperwork from the, from the state of, you know, from the governor's office. And it says, this is a decorated uh, state championship paperwork. And they framed it for me and put that as a trophy for GC. And so I have that on my wall in my office. And, and that's kind of where that right there was one of my first major wins. Um, and then, of course, getting that paperwork was like a huge thing for me because it was it was really nice to have, but nobody gives those out. Nobody lets you have those paperwork. You yeah. Know? So that was probably one of my first unique, uh, memorable uh, wins. If, if I was to sit here and think about it off the top of my head, real quick. Nice, Nicholas. What's happening, Jen Lee, darling? How are you, um, Daddy Dutch? First brisket San Antonio rodeo. That's the cool. I guess that's yeah, the question. I- I cooked the, I cooked a chunk of meat. It was that day. It was pretty good. Uh, is, is Rob still on the show? Uh, he was watching. He did. He did, didn't oh. comment anything. Uh, he was checking out. So so that we had San Antonio rodeo. It was two hundred eighty eight teams. Um, and I uh, got reserve grand. I had a first place brisket. Yeah, that was a good brisket. Um, that uh, Rob had a first. Uh, I think he had a first rib, and Jeremy Cortez had a first chicken. You know, so. Um, that was a, uh, that was a, that was a pretty memorable moment. I was picking people up like they were, like they were babies and just shaking them, you know, cause I was, I was pretty excited. I mean, it was a, it was a memorable moment. There's a story that goes along with that and all that, you know, it gets pretty, uh, pretty intense, but I just about gave up on the whole rodeo scene that, that night when that second place brisket. So, uh, pretty much told them to fuck off. I wasn't ever coming back. <laughs> and then I, and then I hit first place, you know, so I was kind of, uh, Kind of shut me up and spiked my beer and went to the front. I started bulldozing people, man. I was like, you just couldn't get through the crowd, man. It's it's like trying yeah. to get through NASCAR from the from the top of the stadium down to the down to the fence line. You know, you're just not gonna make it. Uh so I just lowered my head, dropped my shoulder like I was playing football again and went through there and started tossing people. Ah. All right. We got a great question from Nick Disco Brisket. I didn't have the opportunity to meet him. At the Granite State Championship, I'm hoping I get to meet him uh, in August at the Cora Cares Cook-Off. Being in high school himself, do you have any advice to him? He's 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 the youngest cook cooker in on on our circuit right now. Okay, okay. So so he's he's on the. I mean, he's cooking he's cooking regular competitions. You mean? Oh, he's he's cooking full full blown uh, KCBS Master Series. And also yeah, yeah, backyard yeah. events, you know, whatever we have gotcha. in the area. So, you're, so his question is, what's the what's the best advice I can give a high school kid? Yeah, he's he's still in high school himself. Okay. You know, listen to the guys. Don't be afraid to walk up to anybody and listen to what they have to say. You ain't got to say a word because sometimes you know the old saying: it's better to remain silent than open your mouth and remove all doubt. So sometimes you just want to walk up and just introduce yourself. Tell them, Hey, I'm, I'm cooking. I'm, you know, I'm a high school student. I'm cooking and people eat that up, man. They will just, 
they will start pouring knowledge out to you, not just giving you tips and tricks, but if you'll just listen to what they have to say and stay and just kind of hang out, you'll hear a lot of stuff that you can take back with you. And, and they might ask you a question or they might ask you what you like cooking or, but if you will, if you can walk up to, to the larger competitions, to the guys that are just hanging out talking, introduce yourself. Don't do a whole lot of speaking. Just say, Hey, you know, I'm just wanted, I just want to meet you guys and, you know, hang out for a minute. And if you just listen, just shut up and listen. You will pick up more tidbits of information on what guys are doing than if you try to ask questions. Because when you ask questions, they'll 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 blow you off or they'll lowball you some stupid answer. But if you just sit back and listen, you will you will understand what they're what they're talking about. And maybe looking around, you'll see products out on the on the tables or or whatever. And then you pull somebody aside and say, "Hey, man, I heard you saying about this. I'm kind of new to this. I'm really trying to learn." And they will give you that information, maybe one-on-one versus in a group, because they don't want to give all their sneakers away. But uh, if you'll just sit back and listen, introduce yourself, and don't be scared to do it, they'll, uh, you know, you'll get a lot of tricks, a lot of tips that you weren't expecting to get. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and even, even, you know, I'll admit, I still, I still do it to this day. You know, in, um, you know, watching the different shows, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now. I got what I use my sauce comp- combination. I got off of Slow Smoke and Gooder Show. There was a guest on. I'm not going to say when, but he gave a tip. <laughs> he goes, try this, this, and this. Two pots this, one pot that, one pot that. It's like, okay. It played around a little bit, and it was phenomenal. But it was just, yeah. you know, paying attention, listening to what everybody was saying. And I'm like, okay, I have that. I have that. And holy shit, I also have that. Okay, da, 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 mix it up, and, and away we go. You know, and it, it was beautiful. But you, like you said, if you, ju- if you just pay attention and, you know, I, I, I'm going to be 45 years old, and I'm still shutting my – and I still shut my mouth and just yeah, take just it all in. That was some of the best advice I was given from one of the guys that cooks here locally, and he just said, Aaron, man, just shut up and listen, you know. So when I went to San Antonio Rodeo, it's just, it's the largest cook-off in the state as of right now. Um, but that – a friend of mine won that. He got reserved grand on Friday night, J.D. Henley, Buckshot Barbecue. He got reserved grand on Friday night and G-seated on Saturday night. <clears throat> so we're all going up there, which is which is hard. It's, it, it's, it's kind of like uh, the American Royal when, you know, the old boy, he won G-C both days back-to-back. Mm-hmm. You just—it's not something that usually happens, right? You might, you might, you might go back two years in a row and have two good years, but you might not. If there's a double like that on a big contest, you might not have a reserve on one night and a grand on the next. So, you know, I sat back and I listened, and I just watched all these cookers come up to him and ask him question after question after question. Now, granted, he just won the one the he just won like the biggest cook-off in the state, and they're trying to get all these questions out of him, like, you know, and I felt bad for JD because I was like, damn, man, you know, these guys are coming to you. And now I know how you feel when us smaller cooks come up there and ask you questions. You just got a GC. So why can't you, why can't you celebrate? Why can't we have tequila shots, have a few beers, hoot and holler, you know, throw a bunch of hell yeahs out there and be done. Instead, there was 15 or 20 guys asking him about chicken, asking about ribs. And so he's trying to answer, but he's, he's not a very talkative guy like that. So, I felt bad. You have to kind of run them off. So sometimes you just got to be quiet, sit back, and you'll hear some things instead of just coming out straight up and just asking a ton of questions. Beautiful, beautiful. 
No, oh, Rob's Rob's in the uh, Rob's in the chat now. Okay, but if you—that's one thing I love about about Rob's show—is it gets really detailed sometimes, and, and it's very it's very um, open. Mm-hmm. I, I, maybe that's the word, right? Because the language is open, um, the dialogue is open, and and so out of one thing about all the different shows that I've listened to is that the interaction, it gets to where you can get some really good live, like live commentary, like instructional stuff on his show, because most guys are willing to open up and just say yeah. one thing, you know? And and that, if you can get that kind of interaction, then I think that the audience grows on that. And that's one thing I like about it is it, it just becomes very, very raw. <laughs> yep. There he is. Shut up and listen. <laughs> and and you know you're saying hi to to Tom and Bell. So listen, if you are familiar with the So Smoking Good show, I get an opportunity to 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 set it back, Rob. I, I'm thinking I'm thinking Rob needs to contact you as a as a co-host. We have talked about, and I already have the guests lined up to well, jump. Well, guess what? I'm going to make it happen for you, Rob. <laughs> get it done. And so. If Rob's going to take it on the other side here, Tomball VFW, drink. If you know, you know. (laughs) 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 So let's talk your seasonings. You know, you have, I think, if I'm not mistaken, seven or eight skews of bottles. Yeah, yeah, I've got... um so we've got six seasonings, and then there's uh we have a we have a, an MSG called Triple X. Um, I got that name off of the Wiley Coyote, the Roadrunner show, you yeah. know, back when we was kids. And so there was always a stick of dynamite, and it was an explosion, you know. So it was that it was that Triple X. It was always had three X's on it. It was always the the explosion of flavor. So I have the MSG. It's corn based. It's real fine. Does a great job on getting in the cracks and kind of keeping that flavor in there. Then I have the phosphate, the Jack that we just. I've had the Jack phosphates out for about uh, a year on the website. I've had I've been using them since 2018, but I just put the label on it finally. It's called Jack, and we stuck that out there, and uh, we just got that in in uh, this past week, and it's on the website now. So I've got six seasonings. I got the old dust, the black gold, the barnyard pimp, the piggy bank, uh, the zesty garlic, and the wildcatter, and then we have the the phosphates and the MSG, and then we have our barbecue sauce. Three injections. Beautiful. And now so, that, that leads to Big Rome's question. How'd you come up with the names of some of them? You know, Barnyard Pimp and, you know, <laughs> Cow Cow, you know, all that okay, good so, stuff. So there's two things that we are in West Texas, and we're oil field and we're, we're, we're ranchers. Uh, I day work cattle growing up from high school, you know. So, I mean, we had horses. We worked cattle ranches. We got paid. We worked the sale barns. And so everything we do is – is oil field related and, and try to be as, as rancher cowboy related as possible. <clears throat> so like for instance, the oil dust. Okay. So it, it, that spawned off of the steak seasoning. When I first started, it was just what I used it on the steaks, right? I told you I was catering 500 a week. So uh, we changed the name from Texas oil to steak seasoning, just to oil dust off purpose. And, and when we did that, it, it put that rub into a whole other classification. Uh, people don't think outside the box, right? So they think steak seasoning. Oh, it's only for steaks. Well, it's the same rub you can put on a brisket or a chicken or, you know, some rack of ribs, whatever. So, uh, barnyard pimp, I had a tool pusher at a rig one day. He said, yeah, I call this the old barnyard pimp. 
recipe. And I said, oh, okay, what do you got? And so he said, you take a chicken, you put it on the grill, you drink a beer. When that beer is gone, you flip the chicken, drink another beer. And so he, it just kept going off of then. Then you flip back over after that, you drink two beers. And then you sauce it, you drink another two beers. And then it's done. I was like, okay, that's an hour's worth of cooking. Yeah, I got you. So I one day I sat there one night and I thought, my chicken rub, I don't know what to call it yet, barnyard pimp. And so I called that pusher up and said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to use that name. Are you cool with that? And he goes, man, that'd be great. So that's where that name came from. And that's back like 13, I guess. And then, um, the, uh, maybe 12, but, um, uh, Calcutta. So, you know, there's a comp, you know, when you go to cook off, you have where you bet against yourself to win. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you can, you can pay 50 bucks or it's a running Calcutta where C-A-L-U, C-A-L-C-U-T-T-A. So, we were winning Calcutta's all the time, and, and we were sitting here at the bar one night. We have a bar that we go to here in town, all of its barbecue guys go to on Wednesday nights. And we were sitting there, and I was like, I was like, man, you know, I said, I said, I won the Calcutta. And I said, he said, Calcutta. And I was like, yeah, what is that? You know, it's C-O-W-C-U-T-T-A. I was like, no, but I like it. And then my wife and I started talking, and she's like, Calcutta. And then that's where the beef, the beef injection came from because I had just won first place brisket. I won like 1600 bucks on the Calcutta. So that's where that name came from. It's just, it just happenstance sometimes. And sometimes it's like, you think about it too hard. Sometimes it just shows up, you know I mean? It's, uh, um, somebody told one day on the, on the phosphates, it's like, Hey, I'm fixing to jack this brisket up. And, and I rode with it. I said, I like the name. Let's, let's call it Jack. And that's, I mean, it's just little stuff. And sometimes it's like, you know, you have a name for it and you want to, you want to bring it out there, but oil and gas rancher related. And sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's not. There you go. There you go. Now you do a lot of work with Midland Meat, and you are currently the pitmaster at the restaurant side of Midland Meat Company. That's correct. You know, so how 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 does that run with you know obviously running the restaurant and you know cooking, being the pitmaster, and jive with the competition circuits. Well, I, I tell you, you know, uh, when I met John Scarver at Midland Meat Company back in 15, he was the my second client to pick up my oil dust, my first season. Um, that's the same weekend I won that cook-off I was telling you about, and back in that has 78 teams. So he sold that case. He bought one case of rub. He said, just let me have one. I'll just put it out there. Well, that was on a Friday afternoon at like 2 o'clock, and on sun, Monday morning, he texted me, I need, I need 10 cases. I done sold out. So over some time, he and I developed a, a friendship and, uh, he's like a brother to me. And, and so we're, we're talking and we're doing things. And he's like, man, he said, can you cater for me? I was like, yeah, I'll cater this for you. And, and he would set up catering jobs and I'd handle all the thing. And, and, uh, so I had my catering trailer. I had, I did big stuff. I set up behind his store. I sold barbecue three days a week. I competed on Friday. I leave for Friday and I had a, I had a separate trailer. So. I had my catering trader that I had a separate trader for, for competitions. And, um, so with John, you know, he's like, look, man, I want you to cook my meat exclusively. You can have anything from tip to tail, horn to heel. Just don't cook the steaks unless we have a catering job. We need to, right? Those are because everybody knows ribeyes and T-bones and porterhouses and fillets. Those are, that's, that's the money maker on the cattle, right? So, when you sit here and you do this and he says, but you can cook anything you want as long as you leave the steaks alone. So you have this whole carcass to mess with. 
Um, and so we started doing that and, and that, that turned into something kind of big. And then as my, as the catering business, you know, we, we got a, an outdoor venue. It was just all outdoor seating. It was just a way for us to find out, can we, can we do a restaurant style? Uh, can we work with a Wagyu setting? Cause they're, they raise their own Wagyu beef in a restaurant style setting. And it allowed us to cook all those cuts of meat that wasn't being sold. And that's how it kind of spawned into the restaurant of the half acre. And uh, so fast forward, I've been competing every Friday and weekend, and we've had a great crew of people, and we've got a great restaurant staff. And so it allows me to be able to leave and support Texas Oil Dust, you know, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sunday, and run and be at the restaurant, you know, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever that my, my schedule has to be. So um, we got a great staff. Uh, the recipes are all mine. Um, we run our Texas Old Dust seasonings in there. We have blends that we mix and make, and and that just kind of it kind of helps tie in the whole restaurant side with the competition side. And then I'm constantly if I want to try something new, I can try a profile. Of course, we don't inject or nothing, but I can try a new rub seasoning combo, or I can try something on the ribs, or try something new. But um, cooking at the restaurant makes you very uh, consistent. The brisses come off at a certain time. There's a certain feel. The ribs have a certain feel. You know, uh, the sausage, you see in my background photo, we make, uh, man, I was making, I was making so much sauce a week. I didn't have time to finish it up sometimes. And of course, that's a bad idea because, um, the stuff inside the sausage, it would eat it up, you know, but I mean, it's just, uh, it's one of those things that, that allows me to still have a, a good paycheck and a good job, Beautiful. but still support the company. And John Scarborough is also one of my business partners. He is my business partner in Texas Oil Dust. So it benefits us both as the company grows. So it's like, it's a whole circle, you know? And so you couldn't ask for a better friend and, and a better person to work for. But like he said, don't think of me as a boss. I'm just a partner. I'm just a friend. You do what you got to do. You run your regiment, you run your things and, and you take off and you, you support this and we'll make and the rest of it will follow suit. So. Uh, it's a great environment to be in, but it's very tiring. Seven days a week is very tiring. Yeah. Uh, Junior, what's happening? Big Kano, what's up? So when we had spoken earlier, Aaron, like I said, this, it, go, it goes quick. So before we run out of time, you know, um, I already told you where we're going to go, but when a member of our barbecue family is in need, or has situations come up in their lives, we all come running. Um, there is a cook-off in the works, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if there's a, a date correct. yet. But uh, your grandson was diagnosed um, with a disease, and this is a, a fundraiser for everything for him, for him so he can go get the treatment he needs. Um, tell us about that. To finish this up. Yeah, so so Cal uh, Callahan uh, was diagnosed with AGS seven. Uh, there is I, I I don't remember how many numbers it is. I think there's nine stages of AGS of AGS itself. Uh, one through I think five is like the more common. You know, uh, the more common every day. You know, when the kids are stuck in wheelchairs and can't move, or, or, or there's different bodily functions they don't have. But number six and then number seven is like the most rare. There's only five other kids in the United States that have number seven. So the, the amount of information on there is not is not very fluent, right? There's not a whole lot of information out there, but there's only one hospital in the United States that even works with this type of, of illness. 
and it's in Pennsylvania. So I don't know the name of the hospital. So we just opened up the 5013C. We just got a Facebook page today. Um, we're working on the link for signing up for the cook-off, but August 4th and 5th, we're having a Champions Barbecue Society, uh, Legion Alliance uh, cook-off, four meats, brisket, ribs, chicken, pork. Um, we're doing a chef choice for the, for the, for the adults and we're doing a chef choice for the kids. And then we're doing a, a beans, a bean contest. So we'll have trophies for everybody, you know, top 10. And then, you know, it'll be a buckles because buckles never get old. That's one of my sayings. So we'll have buckles for all the first place people. We'll have good trophies. I got some great folks helping me out of the, uh, the barbecue store and, and Tom and Bill Clark. And, uh, those guys are helping design up some really badass trophies and, um, we'll get a lot of support for it, but we're trying to help raise awareness at the same time, help grow the funds to support my family as they make these trips back and forth to Pennsylvania. Cause yeah. we know it's not cheap to fly and it's going to take a lot of time and money, you know? And, and so my daughter's a school teacher and she stopped teaching when, uh, to take care of him. And that's what she does. She trains and they go to rehab every day. He's in a, he can, he can run and walk in a walker, but he leans forward on the walker cause he can't hold his, he don't have the muscle structure to hold his body up. Right. Um, so there's a lot of things that I'm still learning about the, about this issue and, and, and this one illness, but that's what we're trying to do is we're calling all the barbecue guys. Uh, we've autocatted the parking lot. We get about 78 teams in there, plus or minus, you know, depending on how big your campsite is. Um, and, uh, so we're just trying to see if we can't get this first year off the ground, you know, and, and make it big and, uh, try to give back to the cooks because everyone's coming from a lot of places. So if you can't make the cook off and you want to donate, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, but if you can come out and cook, just being there to cook is more support than, than a dollar bill or 10 bucks or 20 bucks. It doesn't, it's not the money part of it for the barbecue family, for my barbecue family. It's the support that they're willing to come here to Midland, drive six, eight, 10 hours and come support this cook off. Um, that's bigger support for me than just, than you could do anything else. So I'm hoping to see everybody and, and the support is awesome. The, the feedback is great. A lot of cookers say they want to come and, and hang out and, and come cook, but uh, it's going to be a good event. And uh, I'm, I just want to raise that uh, that bar high for him so that he gets the care of the events. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. So keep on, keep an eye out for all the information on the uh, Texas Oil Dust platforms. And when, whenever I get the, some information, I'll share it out on all my all all, all the pit life stuff. I appreciate and, that, man. And everything Cooking for else. Cowboy. That's the that's the name of the Facebook page. Cooking C W O K I N four C A L B O Y. So I just shared it today on both of my platforms, um, and uh, we we just we just started it. So it's it's kind of new. So there's not a whole lot of information, but we're going to start start hammering it down pretty quick and getting it out there. Awesome, awesome, brother. Well. Bro, I thank you so much for the time for taking up. We'll definitely do it again. Uh, this this has been a blast, and you know we didn't even cover some of the stuff, but uh, <laughs> th- th- there's more to it. You know there was a there was a hashtag spam something we didn't even get into. You know it, it, it's your 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 secret shrimp recipe. You know hashtag oh, my spam and crackers. <laughs> that hashtag spam and crackers. That's the one. Yeah. Who's wanting that recipe? Oh, hold on a minute now. We might have to start kicking people off the show. That's right, dude. I did some research. But, man, thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much for taking the time, brother. I really appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, brother. Yeah. All right. Hang on one second. We'll close this out. I'll jump back into you with you real quick. 
Awesome, Chrissy. Another great show. Another great show. Tremendous guy. Uh, full of knowledge. Just as in every all of the, these guys. And, you know, yeah. and I appreciate each one of them for taking the time. But, man, once again, it goes quick. It does. Well, that's it for this week, folks. I'd like to thank you all for joining us. Catch the video on Facebook and YouTube, uh, the audio, wherever podcasts are found. YouTube, hit the subscribe button and notification bell. You have all the episodes right at your fingertips. Social media, find all the links down below. Questions and comments, please send them to pitlifebbqpodcast at gmail.com. Like always, subscribe, like, rate, and review. Next week, Anthony from Tiger McCool Barbecue Company is coming, joining me to talk all fire cups. If you know, you know. And until next week, keep the smoke rolling. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.